0: The Glass Elevator podcast is brought to you by Claire and Haley. Hi, I'm one of them. Two sisters with a zest for life, an overflowing curiosity to understand ourselves more and a never-ending passion to learn and engage with other fellow humans. Our landscape for learning is endless and we are excited that you're joining us on this virtual voice journey. You might also be wondering... Where's Hayley on all of these intros? Well, not long now, she'll be making a date with me to get her two cents of soundbite recordings in. Until then, you're stuck with me plugging the show solo. Oh, and just one last thing, what we really do need is your help. And I don't normally like to ask for help, but this time we really do need it. If you pop along to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review, this really helps our podcast get seen. And it means that everyone else and other people can learn and hear it too. If you're able to do that, that would be awesome. Welcome back. This is The Glass Elevator episode six. I'm gonna pass you over to Hayley who's gonna tell you all about this episode.
1: This week we're going to be talking about codependency. What it looks like, what it feels like, and how we're going to manage it.
0: I can't wait. Haley is so awesome at coming up with these particular topics, and they're so right now. Who needs to know about codependency? You, right? Get on it. It's up next. Hey. <laughs> okay. Hello. Hey. How are you doing? I'm all right. You. <laughs>
1: Enjoying the day, enjoying the day, it's nice,
0: there? I've been for a walk today Have you? Oh nice. yeah, I went for a walk again this morning, all good, all good, all good in your camp?
1: Yes, all good, children are behaving, no, they're doing alright um, You're doing a
0: slight psychotic rock there if anyone can see, you can't obviously, <laughs> but it looks that, slightly I'm psychotic
1: doing, Yeah, you know when they're a little bit having too much time with each other So I think they need to have a little bit of space away, maybe a night apart from each other. I mean, you know, I think that Mm.
0: needs
1: to be a bit of space, a bit of time.
0: Yeah, no, we all need that, don't we, sometimes from everyone?
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I've kind of got to sympathise because I think when I'm working, Neil's working, but they always stay together all the time. Wherever they go, it drops off in the same place. Even when they went back to school, they were in the same pod. So they didn't even get a chance to separate oh. a little bit in the day. So What is that?
0: Because they're family, family members?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, I see. So there's
1: no break. There's been really no kind of break for them. So I kind of understand where their stresses are coming from, even though they don't move back. So I think they need to have some separate time away. But yeah.
0: So. All righty, okay. all righty. Well, so what is the um, – we are on, everybody, episode six. I can't even oh, believe this oh, this is episode six we're, we're six weeks in six weeks in Hayley I should I really can't have believe some it.
1: I like can't believe it.
0: I should have some soundbite going with some audience but I you know I don't I'm just not that there not yet okay like yeah <laughs> <laughs> we can do that though yeah whoa this Ooh. is amazing yeah, we're very excited, and and um, we we have a whole bunch of listeners, and um, you know, actually a huge amount of downloads already, and I'm just really impressed <laughs> and really pumped, and so we're just going to carry on doing our thing. So, what are we talking about today? Right today,
1: I thought we would talk about codependency, and I think this will interest a lot of people. I think it does have a lot of interest. It's quite a big one, so I'm. Hoping that we can fit everything in, it'll be really good to get people's feedback and opinions and stuff on this. Um, but yeah, codependency. Are you aware of what codependency is? So
0: I'd like to say yes, right? Because of the the two words, co and dependent. I get I get those words. I'm not not smart, you know. I know that. But as a duet, no, not really. Go for it. Tell me a little bit more about what it is exactly. Smart sister, thank you.
1: Um, Right. Well, codependency, to break it down, is a dysfunctional helping relationship where one person is supporting or enabling another person's. It's usually like I'm going to say like addiction, mental health, like poor mental health, should I say, and responsibility. Uh, They, it's like you think you're helping someone and it was originally related to addictions because what you find sometimes in certain addictions, where it may be like a mother or a partner if someone is addicted you kind of feel like you're helping them but in the end to stop them from suffering you could be supplying them their drugs or giving them money for their drugs or trying mm. to keep them out of trouble so what happens is is you end up focusing so much on that other person that your goals, your interests, your needs are either ignored or suppressed. Now, mm. it was originally more linked to, like I said, with addiction, because you would get the person that was obviously um, who had the addiction and the person that was trying to help them. And sometimes when you think you're helping someone, you're actually enabling them and you're stopping them from realizing the impact that it's causing on other people. You're kind of shielding that um person so they never f- they're never fully aware of what they are doing to others.
0: Right. But actually
1: as time has gone on, you can see it a lot in relationships.
0: What are the and examples be- like here? I, I I mean I get what you're saying, but I Yeah thing. I
1: suppose addiction is a the big one. But even with like abusive relationships, even alcohol that when you're so if you're in a relationship and someone was being abusive to you you then are doing everything to make sure they are okay so you would then tell other people oh no they're all right they're just having a trouble you take on the blame of why that person is so you're okay. almost like
0: a filter for them
1: yeah I suppose that would be a good word it's but that that codependency is something on its on its own like right. you it usually stems from something now it can happen when you're in these kind of relationships I uh, suppose but sometimes it's already in you to feel and it could be that like childhood trauma or anything like that where you feel like you have to earn love rather than right. it just be given to you you feel like you have to do things to you earn to give love. people
0: things you have to buy yeah, things you have to you have to...
1: so usually someone giving yeah. To someone taking yeah. and that giver is usually the one that has that unhealthy need to be needed mm. and then that keeps you dependent on somebody else because it to make you want to be made to feel lovable and worthy yeah so when you're needed by somebody it's giving you that that filling that void mm. um so it's 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 interesting because originally i was thinking well you know I don't know whether I know anyone like that or have I ever been in that relationship and well how do, do you resonate with anything that you well, like, that I've, you've heard?
0: That you I you because <laughs> I
1: know from you I think your past relationship was very you were codependent on them
0: well I sit there and I was trying to think of whether I was a codependent or whether I was an enabler I don't know. Is that the same thing? This is what I'm thinking, because I know the word Enabler. I know that word, enabler. Like so, if that is a codependence, then yes. So I wasn't um I wanted everything to be seen perfect or near perfect a lot of the time. So I would often filter out the bad stuff that others would see to protect them, as well as protecting. Myself, because ultimately, if something isn't good that I'm in, I'm not strong enough, or well, I may be now, but I certainly wasn't strong enough in my past, as well as young person, as well as child. Yeah. You stand up and say, No, not for me. This is not good. I am going to leave you, and you can make up your own choices because this is not good for me that's not something I would actively do because I would accept love, however small. Yeah. And there was no conditions of worth on it. There was nothing like that. There was nothing that allowed me to um, make any kind of clear. If it was a little bit of love, I would take it. And so the fear of um, that going or disappearing wasn't an option for me at any point so um I had to allow other people so my children sometimes I would try and shield them from what they were seeing and then I would shield and also distort com- like things that were happening to family members or friends slightly and then any time that I did open up or be open about things I would find that Friends or other people would listen to a little bit and then they would go, Yeah, not for me. And they wouldn't really want to hear anymore. And then I was a bit lost. And then I think I would find, so as you mentioned, previous relationship, in that previous relationship, we went to mediation. Mm -hmm. And it was only at that time in that mediation that it made me realize just how much I was hiding stuff. Yeah. Because you had that third person come in. And basically told me to shut up. Like in a way, so yeah. thank you for talking. But now I'd like to hear from him. And yeah, I was like, oh, and I'd constantly trying to speak for him. And literally the woman yeah. <laughs> said to me, No, Claire, I've heard from you. It's now his turn. And then when he said, and then she was questioning him, it then made me realize that in fact i did speak a lot for somebody else i did filter i did do things so if that is what it is and, and that's what i would call an enabler same as someone that is giving someone food constantly or um you know um that is put, that
1: is a codependent relationship right where you okay you things that you your needs to one side to respond to somebody else
0: you're Definitely. meeting
1: somebody else's needs and not identifying and meeting your own. This um, is definitely
0: and, me yeah. at so that those point. Are kind of
1: symptoms, if you like, of if, if you're in that kind of relationship and even over controlling, manipulating behaviors. So, even though you think you might be in charge of it, you are trying your best to control what's going on. So, you think you're in charge, but actually, you're just enabling the other person.
0: And also, and then, I think when you're like that, you're 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 openly vulnerable um mm. to people that you know so, so, you know you're enabling these people who are quite you know narcissistic generally if i'm honest that,
1: yeah no but that that is exactly and that's one thing that i have uh, put down here is that it has it is known that narcissist people are considered to be natural magnets for the codependent so usually if someone's a codependent the other person that's interesting is someone, yeah so, they have that um, um, attract yeah, the edge, like magnets. They kind of go together where the narcissist has that inflated sense of importance and they need the attention, they lack that empathy. And, and the codependent never gets the love that they want because the narcissist cannot really ever give it. No. Because they're so involved in themselves, and you're also involved in them as well yeah so they don't have anything for anything else so you always end up getting her so you're chasing something
0: and then that you, what that becomes that cycle and that pattern becomes normal and if you've not really had a depth of love or proper support for a long period of time at any point in your life where it's been consistent um i think that you know it it, it becomes the normal thing to have love that hurts quite a lot. That's... <laughs> yeah.
1: No, <laughs> like, that's exactly- Well, no, he loves me.
0: I know that he really hurts me and we have massive arguments and, you know, he's drunk all the time and he's this and, you know, he's sometimes really mean and he sometimes hit the kids. But, you know, he doesn't this. It's okay. It's, you know... He it's does, nice he does for- put the washing on and he makes me a cup of tea. Oh, and, and you and know?
1: also, we're, we're talking from a female... Uh, our, our point of view. Yeah. But obviously, a woman... Can be a narcissist as well, and the man can be a codependent and be enabling her. So it does go both ways. I I think actually
0: that's quite common, actually, but not in the normal norm. So, like if you, I have seen relationships where I've gone, Oh my God, you're literally making me feel sick as a woman the way you're acting, where some women will be so rude to their Mm. partners because they haven't got them the best gift for their birthday or you know they're not doing the right thing or you know they haven't booked the right I don't know like they can be so I've I've seen people witnessed people women being mm. really mean to their boyfriends but because the boyfriends maybe are also part of that I don't know it's the it's maybe also the what you know ownership of things that a lot of yeah. younger women like you yeah. know that yeah. they
1: exactly it's not just one sex rather than the other obviously we're talking from a a woman's point of view so our past relationships are going to be with men but I want to recognize as well that it is the other way around as well and women can be just as bad sometimes and men can also be in that uh take that codependent role and be like oh well I know she's going to kick off I know she's going to do that so yeah oh she's feeling a bit unwell today oh yeah
0: (laughs) oh my god that's so
1: true And you get and you get drawn to people, and, and that you have a tendency to kind of love people that you can rescue. Now, how yeah. many people go? Oh, you know, I really, I'm really helping them. them. Yeah, I can change. They are different with me. They are different, and and you hear this stuff all the time. And it might not be that there's anything really going on, but it's to be aware of. Am I actually taking? that role yeah what role am i taking in this relationship because you ideally want you both to be able to identify your feelings individually and the thing is when you're a code, when you're in that codependent relationship you don't matter about your feelings. you don't care about them
0: because, because you, yeah you sit there and you think well i'm all right i don't need anyone else yeah mm.
1: their feelings that are changing the situation so, is this, they are doing
0: so do you think that this kind of relationship only exists in adult female male male female or adult you know like you know men men whatever whatever relationship you're in or is it Mm. or could it be parent child as well or grandparent and child or i
1: would say that is interesting because i've had to think about that and i think i would say you could have that relationship in any age actually Mm. I don't think it's just a i think it could be in families, it could be in relationships, obviously with other addictions i think if there is a role if you are taking a role where you are doing something to make the other person feel better or shield them in some way
0: then from other people's be, opinions that is from other people from being I think uh, people yeah them. you're not
1: letting them be aware of the potential damage that yeah. they could be causing. So if you're always kind of shielding or cushioning things, that person that has the issue or whatever is never allowed to be self-aware and go, oh my God, I, I actually really caused quite a bit of destruction there mm. because they're, kind of, they're being shielded by the codependent because the codependent needs that. Mm. Oh, you know, I need them there. And, and when they're upset, the codependent has that need, so that is filled because they don't necessarily feel worthy in themselves that they're good enough for love.
0: I mean, it could happen between brothers, couldn't it, sisters? It could happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, I shield from people from it you all the time, Haley. I, I peep yeah. you, know, <laughs> huh? you didn't hear that at all. I shield <laughs> no, I people from you all the time. No, you know? <laughs> oh, no, I'm Joe. It's probably the other way around, yeah. if I'm honest. Um, but um No, but I think, I mean, I think I'm just trying to think of different times and my children and at different points of when they are interacting with adults, other children, other peers, you know, different ages. And whether that's something that could, and I definitely think, thinking about it now, different hierarchies and relationships, which is understandable, but it's whether those hierarchies are so self-absorbed, you know, that they are becoming that codependent rather than it just being you know oh I just know they're a bit older and that's it or I know they're a bit young you know it's it's not a not a little respect thing it's a oh I must do this protect them or if I lie about this then I I didn't see it I didn't see it I I don't worry it's safe with me the city you know if that goes on a lot then um
1: yeah there's obviously there's lots of different elements you can't just take one thing and go right that's codependent relationship there has to be a lot of different elements and it's usually where the other person is coming from the the codependent they're the one that is doing the real enabling so are they lying are they being yeah are they being dishonest to shield that other person or do they have a need to fix others do they feel like they're rescuing do they feel better because they think actually i'm really helping in this situation and that that person has said that they feel really safe with me that I'm doing them such good, that I'm the only one that they can talk to. All of that stuff really feeds into a code, codependent relationship when you think, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm filling that void. You're giving me what I, I need. I have a need to fix. I need someone. They build up their self-worth by helping, fixing others. That so is how, how could
0: someone recognise that they are in this. So someone's gonna be listening and they may go, I don't know if that's me. Is there any kind of surefire things that someone could like well I, think I don't know the main
1: you need to know, I suppose first off, I would suggest you have to be self-aware and by doing that you have to be prepared to step out of the situation and look in
0: and decide
1: mm. what side of the coin are you on where mm. are you where are you coming from are you that giver or are you that person that is actually taking it from the other person chances are if you're the one taking it you may be a narcissist and then you may also think you you don't have that time to think about the other person anyway so if you're but thinking isn't, about But isn't it, what it, a plan of a nar-
0: isn't what a plan of a narcissist does is ultimately Push outside influences away, and yeah. they kind of home in on this one person, and basically make out that anyone else on the outside is complete, you know, wrong. Yeah. Also, and quite a an angry, manipulative, yeah. directive.
1: They need that. They need the constant attention, mm. which is what the codependent does. It mm. gives them that. Um, they usually have a real lack of empathy. Mm. They have a sense of entitlement and, 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 and that they can just get away with things. They can say things and act how they want and there will be no repercussions. Mm. And usually, if they're in a codependent relationship, there they usually isn't because no. the codependent person
0: we'll is never push it,
1: making excuses for them or they're reacting that certain way because you did that to them.
0: So there will always be some sort of... It kind of hits on the conversation that we had on our live last night, wasn't it, really? When we were talking about emotional manipulation and how um, when somebody is not allowing you to express yourself and then all of a sudden they rush you and put you on the spot and they say, if you don't do this for me, then you're causing me a problem you're doing this rather than it being, look, I really need your help. Can you help me do this? That you're then projecting out and going you, you, you. And if you find yourself in that relationship, it sounds as though, and you're, and very transactional, I would say the the relationship can be like that, where, you know, unless you give something to them, you're not going to receive anything. But if you really look hard, I guess, I I suppose the tip is right. If someone's thinking, are they in this relationship? Obviously you would feel generally like you probably are and it's never going to be an easy step to be able to just step out of it and go right actually i've just realized that you're a narcissist so i'm going to leave you now or this isn't working for me oh, yeah, obviously yeah. that doesn't happen however what it does do is allow you to think and go what is a transactional relationship what what is that and that basically means where you're having to do something to feel something it's like going into a shop having to give over money for a product and um and there's it's not just unconditional so a narcissist yeah. will put conditions on everything that you do such as if you don't do what they say or you um do something slightly wrong or you don't agree with them everything will have a repercussion but only for you <laughs> not for them
1: well yeah, that is it. thats is that that is it yeah so there is I know you said earlier about kind of signs or recognizing um and one of the, and and one of the main ones is is that you can't identify your own feelings you have trouble labeling your own feelings and it's and we've done a few things like this throughout the weeks about the conditions of worth what are what are those conditions of worth to you also we spoke about um feelings and labeling our feelings and talking in from the eye place what are we feeling now someone who is in a codependent relationship might have real trouble um, labeling any of that they might have real trouble trying to think what do they want they have it they're finding it difficult to separate themselves from the other person as soon as they think about what they want they automatically think how would the other person feel about that and what did they want and what can I do? And then suddenly they may take it on as their own feelings. So it's mm. a real, and also are you, are you, is there a lack of trust there between, between the two of you? Are you kind of wanting, um, please, you know, love me. And I know we spoke a bit about it before that kind of thinking, I'll do anything. I'll do this. Um, fixated, mm. You want that approval. You want that acceptance. But you never get it. You never get that recognition from that other person. So you're always the the one getting hurt. So there's a few little things there that you can look at and think, oh, well, actually, I am always the one getting hurt. Actually, I do feel like I'm running around. When you're before, try, just try and take a little step away from the whole situation. See if you can look at it with fresh eyes. And the only way to really come out of that cycle is by being more self-aware of yourself
0: and yeah i think self-aware definitely talking out loud and um it doesn't necessarily need to be with someone because i remember being in this situation and trying to talk to people and not really knowing how to do it so one minute i would just blurt it out and go oh by the way you know this this has happened and this is making me feel really sad and then that would shock people um and then Sometimes I'd just try in a different way and I'd go, "Oh, yeah, things are okay and I'd wait for questions to come to me, but if I mean looking back, I didn't really have very not very strong enough friends uh friend groups if I'm honest too that that cared enough <laughs> if I'm honest, I didn't choose very yeah. well um so Uh, I think that the tip that I would, I mean, because I want people to think, well, great, now you've opened up this can of worms for me. I've listened to this. I now realize that probably this is me. I'm I'm probably a little bit of a codependent. How can I manage myself better in this relationship? Because no one's saying you have to leave the relationship if it's something that actually does make you fundamentally most of the time happy. Um, because it could just be that something has changed in somebody else and that then all of a sudden the relationship has become slightly codependent yeah. from yeah. a trauma or an yeah. event or something like, it's like that. Yeah. It's
1: exactly. for instance. It doesn't have to be necessarily really abusive. It could be someone that has suddenly become really ill. And now you feel like you've taken on the role as um, carer rather mm. than a um, partner. Yeah, and then you realize that actually everything I do is around about this person now.
0: Mm. So it's
1: coming a certain way and trying to get back that i i your identity.
0: Hmm. And I think I like I said, trying to talk to people can be a challenge sometimes because mm. you know talking, you know, all good, all brilliant, but if you actually don't feel that you comfortably have enough support that would be able to take that level of communication. Obviously the first protocol would be go and find someone you can talk to as in therapist or whatever, go and definitely look into those avenues. The other option is to start writing a bullet diary or some sort of diary Mm. noting down your feelings. Now, when you say diary to people, they, they think when they were young or whatever else, and they have these long views of like writing long diaries and and it doesn't need to be like that. If you don't know what a bullet diary is, have a look at it online, bullet diary. It's very, very simple and it can be interpreted in any kind of way in which you want. But ultimately, the fundamental parts of it are that you write short bursts of what happened in that day, what, was, what went really well, what, what you're really grateful for, what didn't probably go so well or could have been improved or whatever else. Sometimes people say, oh, don't put any negatives in there. Don't do that. Um, Make sure it's all positive and fun. But, you know, I don't agree with that, if I'm honest. I think that you should note down some of the things that have fundamentally made you feel bad or uncomfortable or sad. Because what's important in these times is that if you allow, if you continually have negative times day in and day out and day in, day out, and then you have the odd happy time, You have to be able to go back and see that pattern. You have to be able to go back and go, actually, that day was really negative because that was there. That was negative. That wasn't that great. If you're constantly shielding yourself against the negativity, then I don't think that's helpful. I think you should be very, very open with yourself because let's be frank here if someone comes to me and says, I've never had a bad moment, I've never had a negative time, I've never felt um, unloved, I've never, then I will look at them in the face and put money down that they are not telling the truth. Because yeah. everybody has had ups and downs, split emotions, back and forth. Some people have been narcissistic by the, you know, on their own. Some people not. Mm-hmm. Some people are codependent. Everybody, this is why this is called the glass elevator. Because in the box that everybody is in, you don't have to be not seen or whatever. Everyone else can see you. You are in a box. Everybody is in a box. Everybody has those feelings where it doesn't stop you from going anywhere. Um, and in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you're going in and doing what you want um, in this glass elevator. And, but we are all to ultimately all labeled in some kind of way and we all are judged in some kind of way. And so it's important to also take on board and untangle those negatives and write them down. If you hated yourself on one day, say, I hated myself. I hated this about myself. I hated the fact I spoke to someone really badly or I hated Mm. the fact that I would, I didn't do anything about this. I didn't say, or I didn't speak up because the moment that you are ready to make absolute significant changes, you need to be able to go back and say this did happen because what your brain does is your brain starts to, only pull out the times that are really good. Um, yeah. And, um and then says, well, actually this is, really, I mean, I remember years ago saying, I mean, unknown person years ago used to say, but you know, he's really good at doing the washing. He's really good. I mean, he can use the washing machine, can't he? He does make yeah. dinner sometimes. Oh, he does make dinner. He does make the bed. Oh, he's so good with the ba- when they're babies. He's so good. And then you go, Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, but then that's someone else's viewpoint of what they think a good man is or a good person is because that but you in order to be able to differentiate from those feelings, you have to be able to see it written down. And I think writing down things is so important. Um, And actually, one thing that's helped me is actually this this whole Instagram and the glass elevator itself, everything is enabling me to really write content and continually write, 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 write. <laughs> that it's actually self-helping me massively and also talking yeah. to you each week, Hayley, I must say. Yeah. You, <laughs> but, um, you know, that's what I wanted to add on that. Yeah. I think you'll probably but agree with that, to be real... honest.
1: No, I, I think you made a really valid point there of not, not writing down negative stuff. think I've said that right Mm. um because and you said you're shielding yourself and that is so right what you're actually doing is when you're writing down all the positives you're saying that you only accept yourself when you're on point yeah when you're perfect you are only accepting yourself so if you're only accepting yourself when you're perfect are you going to expect other people to accept you when you're not perfect Mm. I don't think so no, you exactly. people to see you in that same light. So if you can be honest with yourself and think, yeah, do you know what? I am a bit. And you don't have to show any of the, this, the diary or whatever. But it's being self-aware that, yeah, I, I wasn't actually. I didn't do the best I could be. I, I didn't behave great. Um, I, was, I was tired. And I really snapped at people that day. And I made some people feel really bad. I think what I should do is I'm feeling guilty about that. I may apologise or whatever. It's finding alternatives. Yeah, how to I think apologize. that's a great, I mean. Well, I was tired and the reason yeah. I was tired because that person kept me awake because again, you're putting it on somebody else. So, all mm. right. Oh, right. So taking some ownership and accepting yourself and all your flaws, because when you do that, you are letting other people and you're saying, yeah, you can accept me as well. And I will accept you. You're accepting people unconditionally. That's the ideal you want to accept people no one is perfect all the time no and we're allowed to slip up
0: sometimes Mm. I think it's It's I think it's really important that is because if you're also if you're somebody that is a codependent you are double shielding like you are shielding Mm -hmm. the negatives of the person and also you're yes. shielding your un, you know, unhappiness And it just stacks yeah. up and stacks up And if you don't write it down You've got nothing to go And you've got nowhere to go And even if you did at some point Feel to have the courage Or whatever else To go and speak to a therapist You can take that diary with you And they can talk you through it And you can go You don't even need to talk You can just talk about what you wrote down And then these are really good talking points How did you feel like that? What made you feel like that way? What did you do better that day? You know, how did you do better? What steps did you put in place? Because like I've always said, is that this is a slow process. It's never a big you know, quick turnaround. Oh, I read this book and then all of a sudden I'm, you know, fixed. It just doesn't work like that. You get a toolbox, a pretty empty toolbox, if I'm honest, um, at the age of about 32. And then you go, I've got an empty toolbox. Don't really know how to fix loads of stuff. And um, and then you just keep adding to your toolbox and you add to your toolbox by talking to people, by writing things down, by self-reflecting by taking responsibility being accountable um looking for solutions yeah. rather than um you know looking only at the negatives um and those are the kind of things that you've had so just think of your emotions and your things as a toolbox and that you're just adding to your toolbox or your box or whatever box you want to call me i don't know button box <laughs> you know you're adding a button box all the time Who it says that everyone's got a toolbox it could be anything but it's just about saying that every day you're learning about others and every day you are learning about yourself and every day you are learning how to deal with others better and deal with yourself better. It's never just an ending of it. And on top of that, most of us become parents and then you have lots of little people to uh, manage as well. So it's really important to, put yourself in a situation where you're able to manage yourself to a certain point where you can, you know, comfortably be around children and they can learn good skills and processes off of you. You know, like in our first ever episode, um, about co-regulation. Yeah. That is quite important because the minute you manage yourself better and how you interact with others is how your children will interact with others. And it's as simple as that
1: yeah that is exactly that's exactly it that is
0: my stage Hayley
1: (laughs) you can be the role model and you're never too late to learn yourself and also you know Mm. be open that you are learning and with your children just be patient and think actually I'm hopefully teaching them the skills that when they get older they can be accountable and know who they are as well and be able to speak and and I think that's the key thing is learn about yourself first what is Mm. going on with you what are your interests what do you like to do and I know that we covered that um, in conditions of worth but knowing so much more about you and your triggers and your whether it's childhood or traumas or anything like that, finding out how you're feeling and labeling those emotions—all of that—is only going to help you role model that to uh,
0: the people. Do you know the? Um, you. The other day, I was speaking to someone and I was saying something, and then immediately after I said it, I looked at my—I felt in my head—I was like, "What?" I just went, "I'm so sorry. I have literally just projected all over you. <laughs> I'm so sorry because." Um, And I would never normally do that. And I'm normally self-aware and thinking, you know, we don't, it's not people don't need to know these things, but you have to be aware of when you're asking something. And I'm very guilty of that sometimes. I can self-project sometimes in the, you know, in different ways, but I'm so aware of it now that I go, I apologize straight away. And I go, don't answer that question. That was so wrong of me to ask that. And it's coming from this place and from this feeling, it's nothing to do with the question at all. It's this, this is yeah. what's coming. And um, yeah, I'm becoming incredibly accountable, accountable for my actions, Haley. Yeah.
1: Well, no, but that's good stuff.
0: Yeah. That's good. Stuff. I not Well, I'm not, no, but I'm just saying it's you can keep, you keep learning. No, you don't just...
1: just. Yeah, you've got to keep learning and also just, like you said, learning and going, oh, and saying it as you're recognizing it. Yeah. Saying it out loud and like, going, oh, I've just noticed that I've done that yeah that's really yeah positive.
0: immediate reflection it's good it's good it's good it's good um so I'm really quite a like quite like to this subject today I think it's quite important because I think in in lockdown I think a lot of people would have maybe fallen into this mm-hmm. kind of role if I'm honest and maybe that's what made you think about having a chat about it have other people spoken about it to you
1: well I think I've noticed certain relationships around me um Yeah, just with anyone, just, you know, and like you said, with a lockdown, um, with anxiety issues, you can have someone that suddenly, if they're furloughed and they have anxiety and Mm. they're at home all the time, suddenly there's another person there that might not have been so aware of it before. And now they want to help if they think they're helping, but actually they're enabling. Um, I know that definitely I've had experiences where I wasn't necessarily the person um, giving, but I have been the person, I suppose, on occasion, maybe taking when I've been, had my anxious episodes, or especially when I was younger, when I couldn't label any of those emotions, I had no idea what anxiety was. I just knew that I was struggling. And I knew my mum particularly, she would go... Oh well, no, we'll do this. Don't worry. Or Hailey doesn't want to go there. We won't do it. And and she was like, so she like, was
0: like it. the enabler.
1: She, but she was. And I suppose I, I felt I depended on my mum for that. That so I knew that she would just save me from a situation before I even had to do anything because she knew that I wouldn't feel comfortable in a situation. Should she Oh no, she won't go. But do you think do that
0: elements of that created? also some of your fears do you think? Because obviously we spoke last time about her being so fearful of us going on trains trains, and public transport I
1: think think the problem was there is that it's great when you and don't get me wrong there's enabling people in a positive way as well when you are right come on let's do this you're enabling them you want that person it's like empowerment Mm. and that can be positive and there's the enabling, which is negative. And I think I was too young to really understand what was going on. I had all these feelings. I had all these anxious thoughts and emotions. And I had a mum that wanted to rescue and save me and protect me from all those emotions, which is fine because it was just coming from her place. I then looked at it as a safety net and thought, this is brilliant. I don't have to really speak or say anything because my mum's just got this. She will just tell everyone and fight everyone off when really there could have been more enabling in a positive way of going, this this behaviour is not quite right. I can see you're actually struggling, and I can see there's real issues here that's quite debilitating for me mm. because I'm not going out, I'm not doing stuff. Right. How can we give you the power? to try and sort this out how do we work this out together how do we find out you know we didn't really s- source any information
0: anything. no and
1: we didn't google anything we didn't do anything it was right doctor right that's it back home
0: well not even that <laughs> even if that happened it was always very um controlled well, the doctors it was very don't say anything don't mention anything don't talk
1: well yeah and i know the doctor's with me it was right well here's some antidepressants and do some yoga that's it I
0: can't and believe I said, they did that
1: yeah I was like well I'm not taking I said no, I'm not taking those antidepressants that's not happening no. and again I'm not doing it and she would be okay with that so I could push so I could see there's probably actually a codependency relationship there mm. um I suppose um not like it now but then I've done so much tried to do so much work definitely in the last few years of where I'm not that reliant but I can Mm. see that I probably do have relied on people in the past to rescue me from certain situations Mm. but why not to now so actually maybe we all have a
0: I think we are all guilty of that in some but then I said that what I said earlier we're all have Mm -hmm. had bits of toxicity in us or against other people to deal with certain emotions it's about um you know it's all about dealing with other people and saying is that person really always like that or are they dealing with something it's about looking at their where they're coming from someone's emotion if you're able to empathize or sympathize with that emotion Mm -hmm. um and then it's a one-off, then obviously, great, you can then help that person. If someone is constantly throwing emotions at you and they're not managing themselves and all that kind of stuff, it goes into a different bucket. But ultimately, I think we are all aware that we can slip into different personalities, I guess, in some sort of instances Mm. and manage things in different ways. But, yeah, I think it was a great topic today, Hayley. Well done.
1: well, I enjoyed
0: it. I hope everyone
1: enjoyed, enjoyed it and either... Has a little bit of a further look into it might shed some light on some wow. people's lives or a bit more understanding i think it was interesting
0: well, well I, I do as well i think <laughs> i'm gonna yeah no i'm gonna and obviously anyone that's um interested will see if we can pop some posts up again um uh maybe next week about different topics as well that might uh, lend itself to this as well but again if you need to know any more information about us Two, we have huge amounts of media content it's just flowing on Instagram and that's me and Hayley so I'm Claire and that's Hayley say hello again Hayley, hello, Hayley. <laughs> no but we um we are trying our very best to um, engage with you as much as possible on Instagram as well as here on the on the podcast mm. and we 're trying to lift um, topics off the ground which others talk about regularly, I guess, but making it more wholesome and uh, organic in, in terms of our conversations. We do lend ourselves into uh, you know uh, open situations here we are yeah. talking about ourselves very openly and candidly, and we 're very honest about ourselves and and some of our experiences we have firsthand, so some of the the things that we talk about, we can really give true insight. And um, and we hope that anybody that's listening, um, if you are struggling with anything, first of all, you know, find someone to talk to. Um, but if you are on Instagram and you want to have a little look and see if any of our content can help you out, you can find us at the Glass Elevator um, and engage with us there also. And not forget, on Mondays, we have a reversed thinking series, which helps you to uh, dynamically change your responses for better outcomes. So that's awesome. So have a look out for those posts on a Monday. And then on Tuesday evenings, we go live on Instagram at 8pm. We absolutely love these lives. We actually have quite a fun time. Even though sometimes the technical issues are a bit annoying, we actually have a lot of fun. They are
1: good. And the people's engagement is good. So if you can join us on the Tuesday at 8, well... yeah there you go 20 20 minutes yeah 20 minutes 30
0: minutes minutes, something like that um and ultimately you don't need to be somebody that is continually on instagram in order to be able to come on the live and live sounds very scary as though i'm looking at you through your phone it's not that you are literally looking at us through your phone we cannot see you physically uh, but you can see us and um, we just know that when you come on and you can just text us and and message us in the comments and things like that and ask us questions or topics that you might like us to bring up but we really do like engaging with our followers as much as possible we want it to be like a community and um, it's starting to feel like that which is so exciting (laughs) yeah
1: we're starting to get some regular people engaging especially on the lives and on the instagram page which is great because it makes what you say
0: yeah and we hope to continue and um keep bringing you the content that you need so so today for this week's episode um that was it it was codependence uh, we hope you enjoyed it and uh, thank you very much i'll see you next week yeah thank you very much see you next week join us on
1: tuesday <laughs> Bye. bye
0: it's Claire again if you're listening to me that means you've got all the way to the end of the episode this is amazing anyway I'm going to pass you over to Haley, who's going to tell you exactly what thoughts you need to take away for this week
1: well hopefully you learned a little bit about codependency today and what it looks like and maybe how you could recognise it in yourself and if you're in a codependent relationship I know I definitely recognise certain codependent relationships I've been in the past that I hadn't even thought about until today and I think Claire was exactly
0: the same in fact some of the ins that we discussed made me really realise that in fact there was areas that I was a codependent and also an enabler maybe you thought so too in terms of maybe parts of your upbringing or some of your relationships have actually been that kind of enablement codependence or parent and child relationship anywho we really hope that you have got some really great tips out of it please join us next week where we discuss another topic bye for now
1: bye for now see ya could support us as well is by going on to apple Podcasts and giving us a five star review this will help us get seen and heard by more people thank you very much